everybody in the region. My name is Dave Foreman. We have some heavy hitters in the region today. We're starting here with New Overfalls. Gus from New Overfalls, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Finally thank got you. to nail you down and get you in here. Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. Taking time away. I know you're a busy man and Justin. I, I feel like I just saw you not too long ago. Yeah, it was like a week ago. Almost exactly, I think. <laughs> you're celebrating a, an, an anniversary, a four-year out there in, uh, in Dyer at Windmill. Yep, coming up on uh, the 27th july well thank you again for being here appreciate it uh so i look forward to talking about this one um gus yeah i since i have started tasting new overfalls and uh just consistency quality um i mean there's not really just great execution all the way across the board with everything i mean you usually go to a brewery and you're like oh that's from that's from Floyd's, you know, like that, whatever they're, it's still tasting like, but with your beer, you, it, they kind of have their own individual, like, flavor, taste, you know, you can't really be like, oh, when I first started tasting them, I wasn't like, this is Overfalls, this is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is it just your attention to detail? Has that always been something that you've uh, had, like, in your, that you had to be perfect on thing, or are you just... A bit, yeah. Um, say for all of our beers, like, and I, I, I don't know what other brewers do, but every beer for us has a different water treatment and a different mash program and a different fermentation temp. And a, so the beer's kind of, even though we only use two strains of yeast, so like our Hellas and our Pills are both fermented with the same strain and all of our ales are fermented with the same strain, they go through different lifes or right. or uh, life cycles or it's not temperatures. An they produce different things and um and our mash chemistry is different for every beer we salt our our mash differently for all of them so um the idea is that they all kind of do take on their own persona um, definitely and then the common thread that we want to run through them is quality and consistency um, I just like to point out he came in not messing around either today. I mean, we're doing this traditional, how we're drinking these uh, proper glassware specific. <laughs> that's for sure. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm. Cheers, guys. My I'm going to take a big swig of this one here. Oh, God. It's good stuff. And it's like 105 degrees outside today. So uh, Hellas is perfect is for literally that. Literally 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, there on the other. Justin, on the other side, you kind of, uh, you guys kind of found your wheelhouse with a different style of, uh, of beer. With yeah, the we, we try to do the same thing as far as, you know, quality goes and, and switching up the water chemistry and stuff per beer. But we're kind of more on the, the crazy hazy side of things, you know, where we like to think of, and even by us at Windmill, I mean, New Oberfalt is like the, the standard for lager beers. I mean, when we were starting to do lagers uh, we reached out to them for information on yeast and and lagering profiles and things like that uh, i think 
Gus asked us first, you're not going to put lactose in this, right? You know, because yeah. he's a traditionalist. Yeah, he wanted to make sure. He paused. There yeah. was a long pause. Yeah, Mike was, a... was like, uh, what, what if we wanted to? I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, and for everybody out there that, you know, you, you look at a lager, you look at a beer like that and think that, oh, that's just an easy beer to, uh, an easy keep the lights on beer. It's, it's one of the most difficult, most complex beers to brew. I mean, it's easy to screw up. So uh, just yes. like anything else, but I think that some people will think, oh, that's just a, a light lager or a light beer, and that's... Piece of cake. Piece of cake, no problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. So uh, every every podcast, I try and uh, bring a little bit of education to the listeners just to let them know that, you know, uh, the brewers have the best interest for their beer. I mean, it's you're always working hard, and I mean, I've seen it. Since I had started uh, working out in this area with with the beer, and um, that's just a, another reason why I wanted to document what's happening is because like people could just be like, oh yeah, I got I got kids, I got family, I got all this other stuff, and then some things go by the wayside. But uh, here, it's just like everybody's striving to meet the quality and set the standard, and it. I, th- I thank you guys because I get to reap all the benefits and sit here and drink <laughs> and my, I'm just growing this dad bod beer belly over and over here. They're so. back in style. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky I love for both this, of us. Yeah, the session beers are back. I yeah. love it. Everybody realized, hey man, might have been some DUIs out there. Want to drink those double, you know, uh, IPAs and heavier malted beers, and it's like you really, you really can't get down like that. I think you are starting to see a little bit of a resurgence of sort of the, you know, there's the the crispy boy kind of movement now coming out where you got a lot of these breweries that are starting to brew brewers beers you know like if, if it's 105 degrees it, it fits if we're brewing it's 130 degrees probably in the brew house or whatever it's this is what we're drinking we're not drinking a double ipa at five pound per barrel dry hop with lactose and vanilla beans in it. Yeah. like that's a safety hazard you're, you're drinking this to survive <laughs> i mean it this is what we want to drink so that's kind of what we started want to brew too we want to brew the other fun stuff too that that customers like but i think you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of breweries starting to do those and then also starting to try to execute very well nice crispy lagers oh, yeah. and uh like i said earlier i mean for us at new overfall sets the standard for that around here the session thing's big yeah definitely uh just trimming down on the abv and uh, making it a lot more easier to drink more of that and it i mean Let's face it. I mean, you need money to keep the lights on, to keep going. And, and I'm sure that helps in that realm when you have those keep the lights on beers that keep flowing, like the Hellas. I mean, uh, I've seen you guys in Whole Foods. I've seen you uh, kind of all over the place now. Um, and you guys, you, you tell people, you're like, that first try a beer, like, where's this from? It's like Griffith, Indiana. And people are, I don't think people are quite as, I don't know, uh, surprised anymore. You know, I think the standard is up there now. But, you know, a couple of years ago when you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's from Griffith, Indiana. People would be like, really? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Oh, you know, we're just brewing some great beer all around the region. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what started you into brewing? What what gave you the itch to jump on in and uh, get to it? I was a home brewer for like 10 years before I really got serious about New Oberfalls. And before I home brewed... I made kombucha at home. I'm a fan. I'm a nightmarish experience (laughs) for a home kombucha brewer. But um, no, I was into all kinds of craft beer. And I used to live in the suburbs. And when I moved into Chicago, um, 
I lived in the West Loop and the Chicago Beer Society would put on these events. Um, like Night of the Living Ales. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they did this blues and booze cruise thing on Lake Michigan. And um, if you wanted to go to these events, you had to be a member to buy the tickets. So I joined the Chicago Beer Society initially just to go to these craft beer events because I like good beer. And um, me and a bunch of guys that I'm friends with would go to these things and... um, and then all these homebrewers were always around and they were pouring their beer and I thought that was pretty cool and yeah. someone had like in 2001 a woman that I worked with she was like a colleague in another company but uh, she bought me one of those Mr. Beer kits and oh, that yeah, was like yeah. my first round of homebrewing a lot of people was, got those for Christmas it was pretty horrible and <laughs> didn't think much of it and then once I got into the city and started being around it a bit more I was like okay you know I'll give this a shot again and there were a lot of luminary guys in Chicago Beer Society, Ray Daniels and Randy Mosher and John Laffler, Dave Blightner, B.J. Plickman, uh, just all these guys who are now, you know, pretty accomplished brewers Definitely. or own breweries themselves. Um, so they're always bringing some really cool stuff around and took a stab at it. It's terrible. <laughs> just terrible. I think, yeah, I think that's the, you know, the standard. Everybody kind of starts off and they're like... Yeah. Failure is what the gets you brew. to where you I, are. I now. think what what kind of separates you know the the professionals though is sometimes like you do that homebrew kit and some people just kind of like eh, well that's not very good and then you got some people that are like how can I fix this how can I right. make this better how can I've I done something wrong how do yeah. I make it right and then you want to understand everything that goes into it that was sort of the the sort of rabbit's hole I went down too was like mm-hmm. that first kit like it wasn't terrible. But it was like, all right, how do I make this better? How it do I peak the interest? It yeah, kind of got you going. I brewed an Irish Red first because I was chasing one of my favorite Brian styles, Brew, which was Three Floyd's beer, which they don't even make anymore. Yeah, I wish they would. Yeah, we would drink that every. Uh, I have two bottles <laughs> of it sitting day. somewhere that probably tastes terrible at this oh. point, but they're just sitting like I just just I sort found of mine recently. I re- we gutted our basement and I had these old bottles of homebrew. And I'm lucky they didn't explode and like <laughs> take my eyeball out. Like when I took them out, they were so bad. So your sanitation was on point then. You know? Yeah, <laughs> as, as on point as you could be, like doing it on your stove. I mean, the first first beer we brewed too, like sanitation. We thought we used uh, PBW. We thought that was a sanitizer. Like no, if you say that to any brewer, they'd laugh at you. I would laugh at it too. But like, it and it didn't kill us when we you know fermented it. But that. PBW is not a sanitizer, yeah. (laughs) Why does this taste so oxidized? Yeah, it was not good. So one thing you guys touched on was, uh, you know, you called up Gus and asked him some advice on when you started brewing your your lager. And do you find that people in the region are are brewers in the region are kind of helpful? Can you reach out to people like that? Or are there some that are just like, don't call me? (laughs) Everybody's super cool. It's a really small community. um, and A small but talented and everybody you reach out to too like we everybody's done it you know where you're packaging and oh we're out of we don't have enough can lids like shoot who do we call or who cans and you know you got your list and you text and you're driving around and you know you're getting pack techs and can lids and everybody just kind of shares ingredients and things like that and uh that's awesome super cool nobody's ever no i'm not giving you that i mean it right never had that it's 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 small i mean it's I like it like they do being a brewer. You're kind of like masochistic, like on that end. You're like bring on all the tort because 
there's really not a lot of glory in in the beer world and there's a lot of entitled people in the region that like to uh comment or share their opinion or hey you don't have this in how dare you we, we kind of touched on that uh when we were talking about like people from all over the country like hitting you up giving you sob stories about <laughs> stuff oh, like man, that yeah, it was the, the hype beers you know like when we did that dance Gavin dance club that uh foreign local put out by us i mean it was like that was terrifying the amount of like social media engagement we had on that like we literally had a copy and paste response for facebook messenger of people trying to get us to ship this beer all over the country and stuff but uh yeah i mean pe- people are entitled to their opinions we get a lot of stuff I, gus probably gets it too why don't you hill us all the time like and most of the time they do you know we get it you know where's where's this memes beer you know and it's like you know we, we can't just make one beer all the time i think people would get bored with it and it's hard i mean like lagers take a long time i mean memes beers it's a lot of hand processing fruit and buying 300 dollar a pound vanilla beans yeah, and all kinds of stuff i mean there. it's you can't just walk in the back and whip up a whip up a batch <laughs> and put it in a can and hand it ferment to it's, yeah it's, do it it's time consuming so I think it's that's crazy. why things like this are very valuable of getting people kind of more informed of what goes into something like this. That's yeah, makes them appreciate it a little you more. Taste the hard work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> right. But uh, that's that's great. Uh, I had uh, so to kind of go away from the sessionable stuff. I, I got to try your, your first uh, Russian Imperial. We had a uh, we had somebody's wedding uh, reset, or it was kind of like a wedding a bridal shower. I think it was at Doc's, and uh, they had brought all these Russian Imperials from uh, New Oberfalls, and I remember the first time tasting that, and it was just like, you kind of known for the German-style beer at the mm-hmm. time, and uh, I was just getting into trying all this, and then we popped one of those, and I was just like, yes, like, it's not, it's great that most of the breweries around here are not one-sided. They, they can go off and, and start, you know, all different styles of beer, and be just as successful with all of them and not just one style Mm -hmm. and um for me uh, that was uh that's a big part of what's going on around here is that um there are people that kind of stick to that one style um but there are a lot of breweries around here that you know take on a lot of different styles and are very good at a lot of them so um for me that was that was a, a really good beer for me to try and not saying that i was a surprise because i knew the hard work and you know the the standard that you guys set your uh, products at but for me i was just like yes like I, I can't wait to try some more of this stuff or wait for you guys to kind of go out of your comfort zone and try these mm-hmm. different styles of beer um what i mean you guys barrel aged i think i forget what it, I, I don't want to mess it up i think the first one i tried was a cherry yeah was it okay yeah, yeah. and then i got the other one the next year the maple maple yeah and just as delicious i mean great beers so um i i do i would say that my first love was probably sours you know um i I love sour beer i love sessional easy drinking beer uh but i kind of got spoiled when i got into the game i had friends that would would go to belgium and they'd bring back you know the across the county yeah right (laughs) like thanks a lot buddy i appreciate you uh Mm -hmm. some you know the three fontaines and stuff like that and once I started learning about those beers, the complexity and what's going on with that, that started a whole new like obsession for me mm-hmm. to be like, what do these guys do? Like, I don't have enough time in my day to like use the bathroom three times. How are these guys brewing beer and having a family <laughs> and having hobbies? And, you know, 
they are on softball teams or or whatever and i'm just like what's going i mean i need to like dive into the minds of some of these people and see what is going on in their lives so that kind of started the whole obsession for me in the craft game and being like i need to learn more i gotta i gotta reach out there and uh, check it out but so with your beers now uh gus do you is there anything on the on deck for you guys that you haven't done that you'd like to talk about or i don't want to get too too behind the curtain if you don't want to go there no no not at all i mean uh we as we've grown we're we're landlocked you know we don't have there's no more room we're we're out of room so we've got as as many tanks as big as we can fit in our building and um we're out of space so like instead of doing more we're doing less yeah we're making the same amount now Uh, we might exceed last year by a little bit but you know we're tapped out so we need to grow um and i own the property so we plan to put some walls up and get some more tanks in there and some more space to brew excellent and stay in griffith um i've got frank lloyd wright working on it and uh you know it's a work of art it's a masterpiece that's why it's <laughs> taken him six months to get it done you got a great space though i right can't there. wait to see the beautiful thing that he came up with i'm so looking forward to it but um and we're waiting on plans to come together biz to go out and yeah. build more stuff but this year we're going to do a barley wine um for like uh a, a late fall release probably nice. hopefully around thanksgiving if we could do a thanksgiving weekend that'd be cool but um we did through the high gravity brewing we've learned a lot through the different russian imperial stouts we've done and we have a barley wine pouring in the tap room now that we also learned a lot from and um barley wine's a neat style because it kind of bridges that gap between a barrel aged russian imperial stout and a double ipa yeah so if you get anyone who likes anything in the middle of that they're probably going to really enjoy a barley wine a well-made one when you think about like Floyd's and what they do with Behemoth and yeah, um, you know more of the blonde barley wine style stuff. Uh, both John, uh, who brews yeah. at New Oberfalls, and myself, uh, you know, love those kind of beers and definitely. And we really want to take a hard stab at making a great one. So it's like I, our big thing that we're working on. Right yeah, now. I have to admit that barley wine was the last train I hopped on in in beer. And for me, I don't know if it was just like the malt heavy or or just the. For me, it wasn't working for. And I'm so glad that I've kind of turned the corner. You know, Straight Jacket became a, mm-hmm. a quick favorite of mine. And you know, I mean, look who's brewing. Of course, it's. And uh, now it's like I'm excited about bring them on. Like let's try them yeah. and. Uh, you know not that i'm all about the heavy uh, abvs but just the complexity the flavor the taste profile um now that my palate is, is palatable palatable to me um i can taste the profile to it and i i respect it a lot more and now to it's like don't waste that twenty dollar beer on me. I'm probably not going to drink the whole thing. And that was like <laughs> two years ago, and now I'm like, I'll drink that yes. right now. It's the bottom of that. I'll drink it. Take Bring it. it on. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, hey, no, no part of it's but unless it's been sitting around and nasty for so long. But I mean, I'm not. But scared that's of a the beauty hazy. of a barley wine. Like um, Chicago Beer Society, every year there's a number of guys who do an old foghorn. Uh, which is uh, Anchor Brewing's barley wine, and um, a number of guys got into the Bigfoot collecting, 
Yeah. So you do like an eight-year, ten-year vertical of Sierra Nevada Bigfoot barley wine, and it is enlightening. I mean, it's really, really cool, and I, I think that that is, uh, you know, it's a fun thing to do with friends or family as you get together, like around that one time a year. Or yeah. You have that one party that, you know, the guy you grew up with always has the Fourth of July party. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah and definitely. And that's what you do there, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's cool to to taste how those big beers change over time. Because um, they do. Something I've always uh, really enjoyed. Yeah. Speaking of Chicago bar, there. I think Revolution's dropping two today. Uh, they're doing the honey barley wine and like a watermelon or something like that. So I'm interested. They're calling like a summertime barley wine. Just like we need to get <laughs> yeah. people drunk. You put an umbrella in it. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's ready like for the patio. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a oh cocktail already. <laughs> <laughs> so for Justin, what what is like your favorite style of go to as a drinker? Are you a more a sessionable guy, or you find yourself get diving into other stuff? They're kind of on the session train right now, um, yeah. like lagers and stuff like that. Um, kind of one of my eye-opening experiences was about a year ago, I got the privilege to go out to Jester King out in Austin yeah. and have some of those awesome, like, wild fermentation. So much cool stuff happening in Austin. carbonated, beautiful beers at their tap room, which is literally a farm with, like, chickens and goats walking around. And you just, like, crack it open. And the sun's setting. Pet a goat. And it's hot and dry, and you're just drinking this delicious beer, and it was like an experience. So, like, that's sort of what I'm trying to recreate at this point. Is you need a farm. It was, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that around here. I mean, they yeah, can. We can you go to you know a guy who has a farm. Or you something. can do I mean, it. He's got some cool cows and pigs and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually, I, I want to start hosting some uh, some local farm uh, dinners, and uh, we're going to be starting to touch on that once it cools down a little bit. Uh, I, I really don't want to go to a farm when it's this hot outside right now. It's but smelly. when it... It's yeah. the humidity that yeah, kills Because yeah. yeah. down in Texas, if it's this hot, I mean, you can sit and find a little little tree with yeah. a picnic bench. Little bri- a little breeze, open, yeah. You know, a, a nice Jester King beer and... It's perfect. I'm going mean, to just do a shout out to your, your salesman out there, too. We're going to get a shout out of this guy over there that's been helping you. Jeremy uh, Schmidt. I, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, I actually had the pleasure to meet him and talk to him on that end. And uh, the guy knows his beer. Um, and, and for me, like I'm always ready for that education and to learn about local places because I'll never stop learning. Like I, I'll never know it all. And for me, that's what the industry is all about. Uh, there's nothing worse than going to a bar and some guy just being like, oh, you need to mirror like kind of well, like what, what a perfect sales guy than the guy who's literally been on the other side of that counter from the sales guy so he yep. knows yep. what to say and what not to say True. i mean i mean he killed it at liquor stop in highland for a lot of years and then finally wanted Definitely. to switch sides it's great to have that creative like outlet you know to be able to uh to somebody to have confidence in you for you to be able to go do that stuff and for me that's kind of like what set me off into like yeah i want to do this you know i want i really want to um find out where this is taking me and for me that was a, a big part is somebody giving me the ability to be creative and to have my own voice in doing it and uh it helped me learn so much more um just from being able to go out have people coming in i mean we had 64 taps so it was like i was like i'm never gonna find people that like put on and then at the end you're like I'm yeah, I gotta say no. Yeah, I gotta say no. It's, a, it's <laughs> the worst. Like, I don't want to say no to anyone, you know, because uh, what's happening and what's going on. And uh, I, I, it was a hard choice. So at first, I walked in that tap room, like 64 taps and kegs on kegs, and you're just like, I gotta order stuff for this. I gotta make money <laughs> off this. 
I need more knowledge. Like, please help me out. So there was nothing better than having a lick, a beer rep come in and just being just as passionate about it as you and not being like, I'm going to teach you something. It was more like, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about the things we love and what makes me excited about stuff. And luckily, I had that uh, where I was at. And it just gave me all the more passion to get out there and learn more and more about it. So I, I'm excited about that. So um, right now, the, I'm all about these trends, the way they're kind of switching up and mm. and, and uh, all that good stuff. But like hard seltzer? Oh, yeah. Are <laughs> you as excited I, about, about the claws? I've never am? had one. I've Tr- never had one. It's kind of a meta topic, well, too, with trends and stuff, so too, like the ima- hard seltzer thing. Imagine LaCroix that gets you wasted. <laughs> wonder, are they malt? The are they malt? No. So you got like a small tube of ethanol streaming into a large tube of water and another small tube of CO2 and then a small tube of flavoring. Okay. And they all come together. Are you, are you making some seltzers? And the greatness that is created <laughs> are you, are you, uh, is seltzer. You got some on deck? blow up the internet if New Oberfaltz is putting out a hard seltzer. Dude, <laughs> Twitter just I'm working up. on a collab with Gerald Steiner Mineral Water, and we're going to do it in Germany with, uh, yeah, fruit flavor. I don't know. but Oh, you heard it <laughs> no, here that's first. That's the big trend. Got like everybody, insider. Every, everyone in beer is uh, is a bit jittery about about these seltzers and well everybody I mean, I was jittery about it. the hazies you know and you being a traditionalist and and you're like i don't want my ipa to be hazy you know you want them to be crisp clear right. you know that kind of thing and i get it um because you put in the time you went and i mean this is it's not simple stuff it's chemistry it's science um but it's simple when you make a seltzer because you just need the four tubes that come together into Look, the water. I mean, and hey, then you're set. you heard it here first. This guy's good. What's the licensing? Like, um, is it so, licensing? Well, for a hard seltzer, it, uh, it's taxed the same as beer. Like, like uh, that's okay. part of the issue is that a lot of breweries are making hard seltzer, um, but technically it's not a fermented product unless you ferment it yourself. Like you put dextrose in the kettle or something like that. Like a lot of these guys are just like dumping a drum of ethanol or something i don't know what they're doing <laughs> but fortifying them? i don't know yeah but they want they want to change it to it's almost a vintner's license it's not it's not a brewer's license it's not a cidery it's not a distillery you are a unique entity that makes this uh this new product so you're good. You're great. you can just move it as you drink or whatever sorry you no you're good. you're good but yeah it's it's uh the regulatory landscape is we're gonna have to put um, we're gonna have to put side note like this sounds like spanish to people <laughs> we'll have to put like <laughs> captions this in there what, what gus like, is talking about like is this new category it, and yeah. the way the regulatory we have subtitles at the bottom start throwing out acronyms <laughs> there ain't none yeah, oh. free of laws <laughs> it's total anarchy <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to show no love for white claw but we'll just clip that out no, we i mean do it's that. cool and the, the, the proof is in the pudding people enjoy it and they they like to drink it's it it's true and you know there's some in my fridge it's not mine <laughs> <laughs> let's make that clear people it's not mine it's at home and it's not mine but it's there and i've had them and they're you know it's not, they're not bad they're not good it's kind of like it, it is what it is it's alcoholic it's hot as hell outside it's I'm alcoholic drink one of these. lacroix yeah you know and uh, i like lacroix though had one yesterday. Yeah. 
we were shooting out at the Porter County Fair yesterday, which we found out is a dry fair. Um, the only <laughs> I, that was the only downside what? I think is of the it whole really? thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. and it's and it's well, it's amazing. Didn't it's take uh, you long well to get out organized. There, <laughs> no, actually, we were there all day. <laughs> we were on the clock, day. so uh, we we had to stick around no matter what. Um, but it was. It was a great, great, uh, well-organized event, and uh, it was the first day yesterday. So, um, yeah, it, it was very cool. I want to adulterate this class with a hazy beer. I feel like that would be sacrilege. Oh come on! Oh, also, I'm not. No, I, I was so pumped when I got a case of these in. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yes! Like we, we so made exciting. a hazy. Yeah, and, I've uh, done hazies, but like, it feels like sacrilege if you mm. pour this. Hazy maple with that's got to go in a windmill glass. Sour diesel terpenes. Yeah. That's got to go on a glass with Luther's face on it. Is that your cat? For sale. Yeah, Luther. Anniversary party. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Luther. He these, uh, these he, glasses like, are for you sale. You guys definitely need a little host stand for him. He's, I Luther's. walk in and I'm greeted by this cat, and they're just like, Hello. he sits at the doormat sometimes, <laughs> like he is the host. Like, he was. Yeah, he was. He's like, all right, meow. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. All right, meow. I'm gonna need yeah. some ID, meow. <laughs> right, meow. <laughs> right, meow. Right, meow. You, we're serious business here. We actually have a beer called Right Meow with his face right on it. That's great. When uh, Super Troopers Two came out uh, last year, I think on yeah. 420. Right. It was, I haven't uh, seen that right yet. Right, meow, come out with his I'm face. Scared, I'm scared. I'm like, scared to watch those sequels. On the label and everything. Scared to watch those because I feel like it would just ruin the whole thing for me. Because I, I love Super Troopers one so much, and like, what? Well, there's another one. Was there like a Step Brothers or an Anchorman two or something that I didn't go see? Uh, just because I'm, the first one is so great. It's just like I don't want to ruin it with I, anything. I else. feel like this. The, I haven't seen the second one. I feel like it couldn't live up to the promise. Of there's the first no way. One. I mean, there's those no guys way. are funny. The Broken Lizard guys. Oh are yeah, amazing. Lots of fun. I mean, even I watched the Brewfest, you know, I think we've done some little gifts out of those for, you know, sliding them in in between kind of things for these. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about the the first ones and I'm, I'm scared to go for this. Just like Boondock Saints, too. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's out for me. Um, I guess I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to that. <laughs> the Boondock Saints that, purist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, Justin, uh, with the four-year anniversary, you want to give a little insight on what we got going on for that? A uh, little behind-the-scenes or behind-the-curtain kind of thing? Um, I mean, we're pretty much done planning and organizing it. It's uh, July 27th at Pheasant Hills Park right up the street from us nice. in Dyer. Um, we're going to have, I think, 21 guest breweries now from all over the country. We got Chicago breweries coming. We got excellent um, a couple other out-of-state breweries Um It'll be 35 bucks for a ticket, unlimited samples, unlimited responsibly. <laughs> People keep asking, is it really unlimited? I'm like, well, no, but yes. It's a festival, man. That's, you know, control yourself. People yeah. can't overserve oh. you, obviously, but right. it's a sampling event. Last year we did it more as a, I think we had seven breweries in New Over Falls was there, and um, they'll be there again this year. Uh, but we did it more as a, you know, just local beer. Yeah. And we were doing just like flat $5 pours of everything. And this year it's going to be since we have so many breweries we're just doing a, a higher price ticket but then you're going to be able to sample yeah. anything you want so we got beer coming from wisconsin illinois yeah, excellent everywhere Should within awesome. moderation you hooligans don't be uh <laughs> yeah. nobody getting out yeah, of yeah crazy we had to write the town council for special approval for consuming alcohol in the park they gave us the park permit and then somebody was like oh wait we have this thing that you can't drink alcohol in the park so you're going to have to specially request that right. after they'd approved our permit 
Um, so that's all worked out, thankfully. But yeah. I feel like uh, Indiana, I feel like, is in the dark ages when it comes to liquor law and alcohol laws, unfortunately. Um, you know, just with licensing and all. And they really kind of tighten things up. And uh, it, how hard is that for you guys? Like, when it, is it something that's just like it's part of the game uh, it has to be done it's so a thing obviously you're aware of and like yeah. it's always in the back of your head that it's an automatic no and then you have to figure out how to get past that so yeah. can i do this thing with beer probably not all right how do i get around that like outside patio you know that kind of stuff yeah. where if you're a brewery it's like you have to here's all the 19 hoops you got to jump through with different entrances and exits and how you serve the beer and things like that so you just kind of get used to it after a while yeah. Um, the excise hoops you yeah, jumping through and, and uh, it, you know the, the excise people are it, as long as you I don't know it, it, working with them is it, it's government so it's not fast you know it's, we're kind of in this digital society where you just expect you know your Amazon Prime right. to show up Instant. the next day where yeah. it, in Indiana yeah. if you want your liquor permit you have to send it in 90 days ahead of time in a manila envelope minimum. down to Indianapolis minimum minimum 90. Yeah. Mm. Or you have to file an extension yep. like I've done 50 bucks. times. 50 bucks. It'll cost you 50. Yeah. And then oh, it asks yeah. for a reason for the extension. And I always put I forgot. to file proper work <laughs> in a timely manner. Because oh, yeah. I, I forgot. We, we, we've, uh, we've done a couple here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've lugged a bar up those stairs. Like, uh, it's it's a pain. And I get it. I understand. It's all the process and everybody has to yeah. do it. Um, but, you know. I think we're a little behind on the times. Luckily, I do have a person that works for Excise that is always there for me whenever I have a question. And I had to call him yesterday and be like, "Hey, I need to do this. Like, can can you can we make this work? Can we make this happen?" Yeah. And uh, uh, he's a very dry person. Uh, I'm not going to say any names, but uh, the guy's to the point. He's serious about things, and he's very very educated and knowledgeable about what happens. So I just call him up right away. Well, and that's like I want. Like shout out to our Brewers Guild too. Like they have a oh. retired excise agent on on retainer essentially. So if we have a question, we email the director of the guild, reach out to that guy. I've had an answer the same day. Yeah, great for advocates for question. the Indiana and Brewers Guild. Indiana Brewers Guild is amazing. Uh, um, definitely, I think they're above and beyond uh, with some of the things they did with, uh, you know, just helping indiana breweries small breweries in a saturated market if i don't think if it was wasn't for them and what they've implemented i don't think a lot of places might have survived as long as they did you know what i mean and not because their products weren't good it's just because when you're starting out it, it's a hard thing to do in a I saturated had a different market experience it's when daunting. i started new <laughs> to <be> totally <laughs> honest talk with the guild. let's talk about it um you're like fuck that's you're not throwing so, anybody under the bus but <laughs> so uh yeah it's exciting when you start a business and um I bought the facility now known as New Ober Falls in Griffith. And like the next day, I emailed the guild. And I was like, boy, am I ready to go? <laughs> Here's our address. Let's get this membership thing rolling. And the email I get back is, call us when you get a state liquor permit. <laughs> like, okay, kid, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. You were probably pre-brewery and planning i no i was yeah because they yeah. they added that i, I think later because you can join at a brewery and planning membership now yeah. you're probably the reason they have that it was a t <laughs> it's like, i will up. say it was a terse and immediate response <laughs> they're like hey man we're getting a lot of these emails 
Like, cool, that was cool right. your jets until you're ready to open. Think of what the scene was like around here when you were starting. I mean, that was like everyone and their brother was like, "Oh no, if I you build it, they will come. You yeah. know, build a brewery, you'll make millions of dollars. It's instant money." Which you won't be able to keep any of it. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. crazy you talk. can make millions. You won't keep a lick of it. <laughs> Spend millions, yeah. Oh yeah, yep. none of it. So <laughs> I think we're ready to move on. Are you ready? To, you ready for another beer there, Gus? Yeah, I sure. think we're ready for some. Uh, is this a collab here? We're gonna this do is a yeah. collab. Uh, right. We did with Maplewood Brewing in Chicago, uh, good friends of ours. Uh, I think how this kind of originated was we had done a collab with uh, Roger Cazellas, who used to be the head brewer at Corridor, awesome, uh, and moved over to Maplewood, and uh, we've just stayed in contact, and we're good friends with people that work at. Maybe we'll do Adam and those guys and uh, Charlie Evans. Charlie Evans. Oh. Now Let's talk there. about Charlie Evans for a I, minute. I'm glad <laughs> it went this way. I'm glad it was Charlie. Um, very knowledgeable person uh, and he just is. one of the all around best guys I've met in in the business and He's had great dude. nothing but good stuff to to talk to you uh, to say about you. New Overfalls, uh, the process, the way you guys do things, how um, just how well organized things are there, mm-hmm. and he loved it i mean charlie's a good dude and i would always especially with all the the servers that were there too uh when we saw charlie come in we knew that we we're gonna be able to sit there talk with charlie hang out and get some knowledge dropped on us he'll check so, you up man charlie i love it I love charlie it. loves people charlie loves to sell stuff he loves beer like he is Oh, yeah, uh, I'm calling on Charlie pretty soon to be man. getting in here and uh, sitting down with us pretty soon. Also, you're gonna. It's he's like Macatar Murphy. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not gonna pull Charlie out of Chicago to uh, come down here. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call in a on favor. A Friday but, night. Oh, I'm man. I'm he's coming. eating yeah. duck fat fries. Oh, and he's stuff calling you bougie, Charlie. Right now, or, or uh, um, uh, Hop Leaf up in Andersonville. Like he's not coming down. Oh, I'm going to get him now. I'm going to get him now. I have to. Good luck. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. So, uh. Drink it. Am I in the camera frame where I'm. How is apparent? That's the greatest non social, non adoptable cat that's ever been adopted was freaking Luther. We just got him as a mouser. He, like, implements himself in conversations, too. Because he was, like, off doing whatever he wanted. But as soon as we, like, sat around the, the bar to, like, talk, he just jumped up and sat down and, like, laid down and was just like, what's, <laughs> what's up? up? <laughs> like, we were talking about, like, let me get some of this. So um, Everybody loves that cat. Like, right people off. come into New Overfalls and they're like, we were just at Windmill. They have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, we don't have a cat. Oh, no, it's too bad because Windmill has a cat. We, we like, had to, when we, we have a pet dragon under the stairs. We had our failed coffee shop that we tried to run for a while. We had to kick him out of the tap room, and uh, I think that actually kind of hurt beer sales because probably we, hurt Luther too. We, and he would sit by the door with this mopey look on his face, and people were like, "Can he come in the tap room?" We're like, "No, we have this like health department permit now because we're serving coffee all the There's time." There's muffins and stuff. in that plastic case. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "Oh, can we let him in?" We're like, "No, he's not allowed in here anymore." So we shut that down. Now you're Luther's like forget the coffee the we need luther bag yeah, there's like a free luther i need i need a free luther shirt definitely i'm gonna make one and just wear it we got this this image on a t-shirt also is a hot seller at windmill i mean he's super cool looking he's, i thought that was a bow tie at first but a great no. cat. i think we've but done uh his uh, miami vice luther and the memesicle factory which was mm. our double orange gummy bear beer 
and then we put a top hat and a bow tie on him and put him on the label. Well, right out the this thing is juicy, juicy. This has Kuzelis written all over it. I mean, mm. this is this is so good. It's amazing. It's crushable. That's for sure. Definitely. I don't know if it's cru- what is it nine percent. Also, like eight and a half. Yeah, let's <laughs> I, I was gonna say there's a little heaviness em. to it. My, uh, the, the ABV. My internal be- hydrometer was telling <laughs> me that this is fairly, fairly. Boozy. Yours is a lot better than mine. Mine is just like, oh, this guy gave me a beer. Let me just. Uh, it's hot day. Let's slam this thing. It's good. So yeah, delicious, delicious, and uh, yeah. Shout out to Charlie and Maplewood. Uh, thank you for uh, all the knowledge and and the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, holy smokes, that went quick. But uh, let's see, what do you got? Ten more? Ten more? All right. Can I get a couple of pills, Jer? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a 16.8 ounce glass in the bottle. It's like water to this guy over here. <laughs> this guy's been drinking these on you the reg for how long? Four to fill that glass. You told me, you told me earlier, the only time it makes more here is new beers and then drink and he's just thirsty. Yeah. We're going to get Jeremy's face in here on camera, too, pretty soon. We'll uh, say what's up to him. He's wearing a great T-shirt today. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that here you are with two brewers who own breweries. Not a bottle opener between us. Uh, that, yeah, that is the straight. I had my keys, but they're in my bag. Um, we're always prepared. So you cans anytime soon? No. Um, not planning on it. Okay. Uh, we're still paying off the bottling line. So. <laughs> I just finished paying off our canning line. boy. Point of pride there. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Just set them down. Anyway. Thank you, 18th Street. <laughs> right. uh, was it theirs? You yeah. bought their old one? Yeah, it was their old uh, cask line. Yeah. Uh, we bought it off of them, and they, cool. uh, they, were, they were amazing. They delivered it. They were like, please they, take this from us. Well, it was it was one of those it was one of those great stories though about like breweries helping breweries thing where we had this cask manual canning line where it was two head filler with like you would literally have to jam the cans up in it by hand fill them pass it over to the guy running the seamer kind of thing and like I had a I had a revolt on my hands where they basically mm-hmm. said we are not going to can one more can of beer on this line or we're all going to quit. It was a nightmare. There was a mutiny on the mutiny. ship. Yeah. Mutiny so on the, on the windmill. There was a, it, we just kind of did that thing where we're just talking to other people. And uh, Criswell from 18th Street was over, and we were just talking one day. And we're talking about how we hated this canning line and stuff. And he's like, oh, I think we're getting rid of ours soon. <laughs> they just got this sweet double line, wild goose, you know, beautiful yeah. machine. He's like, I think ours is just sitting upstairs under a tarp, and I think they're going to list it for sale soon. And I was like, how much do they want for mm-hmm. it? And uh, boom, like just like that. I mean, we set up a deal, arranged it. They forked it out of there, threw it in the van, drove it over, and it was ours. And it's been running ever since. It's a shout out to machine. 18th Street. Thank you. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I just. But that's how that works, you know. Like you have these contacts mm-hmm. in the industry, and us just mentioning to someone at another brewery that we were kind of starting to start this search for a canning machine, which is daunting. I mean, those things are really expensive. Yeah. You're looking at them. We always buy used, but you know sometimes you want to buy new, you want to buy used, and just mentioning that to him, he was just like, "Oh yeah, we're starting to think ours selling ours soon." And we always I, buy new within a week or two. God, I, I don't mean, think anything. I, would, I wouldn't think new. any less of it. I, I, you know, this guy he needs he needs to unwrap it himself to make I sure bought, nobody else's fingerprints are on it. I bought like four <laughs> things used when we started. 
and all of them screwed me. But, uh, oh, <laughs> so you got yeah, you got horror stories then. Yeah, and it was yeah. before we had like a stitch of brewing equipment. Okay. In the building, like it was just construction. Stuff I just want to say your your patio though is great. I mean, are you the guy Thank that you. plants those flowers? Um, or who does that? Kind of. I, mean, I you got take a green thumb. I don't know. I mean, I. Um, <laughs> I don't do that's, I? That's my, the flowers, that's like, my background. I was a I was a landscape designer before I jumped into the the restaurant biz and that kind of thing. So for me, it's great to see that. I mean, you have limited space to work with, yep. but you optimized it with color, you know, greenery and, oh. and good stuff. I mean, I feel comfortable when I'm out there. I feel like I can relax here and hang out, you know. And again, the food, the food that's that's coming out of there is fantastic yeah. too. I haven't had a a bad meal there and not that i make it out that often every time i'm there you're not there i think the first time i ever went you were there sitting in the bar and i didn't know you i didn't want to approach anybody and be like uh, and this was like three years ago or two two years ago now oh, yeah I, I i don't ever i know for me it's like my I'm friends really angry when i'm up there though. like if i'm up there something's broken oh no see i'm glad i, I didn't if people see me behind the bar something's wrong right yeah. something is very you wrong. you shouldn't be you, you have the even people customers for that. say that when they come they're like why are you here <laughs> like <laughs> you should not see you're me welcome right. you should not <laughs> see me there and if you do something's wrong mm-hmm. no our customers think the same thing like Wait. they walk in they see me behind the bar they're like oh should, should i oh <laughs> who <laughs> died what's, what's going on <laughs> somebody's Someone's about sick. to where's kevin <laughs> that's, that's mm-hmm. what they say by us <laughs> but it's it's a welcoming place um yeah, you know, I, I didn't really grow up in Griffith, but uh, my family lived there, right two blocks away on Elm Street or Elmer, um, like literally the third house in on Elmer. So uh, you know, G and G Hobby was uh, I was always right. going to the comic book shop. I was walking down to Seven Eleven because they had the Bad Dudes uh, arcade game, and the, I'm aging myself right in now. Seven so Eleven, they had an arcade. game? Yeah, the original Seven Eleven there. They had Bad wow. Dudes, and they had um, oh, what was the other one? It was throwback. It was so long ago. This was like 87. I don't even want to say it. 88, 89. So this is like 90, you know. Uh, It was a millennium ago. Yeah, long, long time ago, kids. Um, But the town of Griffith has taken this whole, you know, I feel like at one point people were just like, Hey, what what's going on with the like the trains are are an issue there. The, this it is, is an issue. The place you would avoid because yeah. of the trains. Yeah. And, and now it's like people still do. Don't kid yourself. I mean, there's people who avoid Griffith like the plague. I don't hear trains. as much grumbling anymore though. I well, because mean, I mean, there's a uh, there's more going on. So if you do get detained, um, you have somewhere to go. And the the railroads themselves have gotten a lot better with keeping the traffic moving. Yeah. And they've learned to stall the trains further out you know from the neighborhood where it's not blocking a crossing and stuff during rush hour and (laughs) let me let me talk to that guy that organizes the train schedules during uh you know like 10 a.m he comes to new overfalls like twice oh let let me talk to that guy (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean just the turnaround that's happened in the downtown area and the excitement that's building um there is great because it's like I hear once a week, like people like, uh, where do I need to go? What is the spot I need to go to? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can hit downtown Griffith and you can hit some, some damn good breweries. You can have food. You can yeah. kind of go, uh, hang out. And 
And I think a big part of that is what's happening there. I mean, I think the town is giving back a little bit and they're understanding the investment of uh, small businesses and uh, the benefits of what they're producing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And luckily, you guys have somebody that's conscious of that uh, on the board or whoever's, you know. All all the elected officials are very much uh, on board with making Griffith a pedestrian and bicyclist friendly town and you can tell i mean it was something that almost changed overnight uh it felt like for me because i i I worked at twin cade i bartended there for a little bit and uh um just kind of like understood what was happening and uh i would hear you know like oh the town's giving back this for this and Mm -hmm. they're they're helping us with this and so to see that is great and then um it's just uh it's cool to see uh, a community like that kind of back on the rise and uh, somewhere where I kind of um, and it, like grew up and and walked those streets so to mm-hmm. see what it is now is is crazy it's it's great I'm I'm glad it was the way it was when I was there but like now that I'm old enough to go ahead and drink and like do those things I mean that would be because the bike trails literally two blocks from my house so mm-hmm. if I did ride a bike it would be uh, what 10 minutes maybe from Sherville to get to Overfall's back door, you know? So uh, I, I love what's happening there, and um, I'm happy for you guys because it's well-deserved and what's going on there, and you can see the passion and all the, all the growth that's happening there. And then uh, on the other end, I mean, you got you got a great spot, and too. You're Dyer, Indiana. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, hey, there's... It is not pedestrian or bike-friendly. I mean, we still love Dyer, but it's uh, it, it could use some work. Um, I think it'll get there, though. They, they're conscious of it a little bit. Uh, they're trying to develop some areas of it. We're unfortunately not, I think, where they're trying to develop. Um, we have a decent spot, though, uh, in terms of location. We're essentially at the nexus of the town. Yeah. Um, it's just unfortunately not very walkable or bikeable. Well, you get you get a uh, good crowd a from fair. Illinois at all? We get a lot of people from Illinois. Um, yeah. We're so close. Um, yeah. Which, which is nice. Yeah. Um, also, sometimes not nice because they, they, they forget they're in Indiana sometimes, so they come walking in with their five-year-old and they're like, oh, sorry, you can't. Like, oh, yeah, I got at that. at the bar, and they're like, what do you mean? Like, I was just at this other place, and they sat at the bar, and we're like, oh, we're in Indiana. We're like, yeah. Oh, that's right. You well, know, they forget that. With Docs being in Milwaukee, too, we would get, like, people from Wisconsin that would come down, and they'd just sit the kid right at the bar, like, on top of the yeah. bar top, and I'd be like, Isn't that great? like, what? What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Like, yeah, where it, where is this okay at? Lovely Indiana like, eccentricities. You in, know? Introduce me to the place that this happens. But for me, it's just like, yeah, it is. We're in the dark ages here. It's kind of it's funny though. People haven't positioned the opposition to these liquor laws correctly because mm-hmm. what it does is divides families. True. So you make parents decide between taking their children with them out to dinner. Or to a brewery to have a beer or hang out or whatever. Or, you know, or to ditch their kids with a sitter or leave them at home. Or at a liquor store. So you can't even walk in a liquor store with a child to make a purchase. Well, they'd be like, put up so, this flimsy little uh, excise wall. barrier. Yeah, right. Because right. <laughs> that's all the difference in the world. It's, it's going to keep it's them so out. They don't and see and the that is the silly occurring. side of Indiana law. That's the part I don't understand. That's like, the dark ages right there. Why are there you getting on? between parents and their children and the experience they want to have you know let's assume everyone's going to be responsible and well let's make it so it is because i mean it's going to do nothing but educate you know to get people like okay i can have this many beer i if i'm going to bring my kids with me 
you know, or makes people a little more conscious of what they're doing and what they're going to do. I yeah, don't think it torques me a bit because I mean, like when I'm out with my kids and I want to stop and pick up beer, yeah, I got to lock them in my truck in the parking lot and yeah, at a liquor store to go in and it's buy. ridiculous. I just don't get it. It's completely it's ridiculous. Uh, and I get it. I mean, let, let's get on the same level with the jewel pods and the the fucking tobacco. How about uh, we, we get a little more on that level than with the beer, you know? And for me, that's the same thing. It was like um, tobacco, the jewel thing is almost glorified at this point. And then, like, you have something that is doing something for Indiana, the craft beer movement and what's been happening and bringing in crazy amounts of revenue. And mm-hmm. there's, n- okay, so this should have plateaued, like, five years ago <laughs> and there should and everybody's like oh the craft spirits are going to come in and they're going to plateau craft yeah. beer that shit's not happening ever in this area so uh i think that more people need to get on board and educate what's happening and and hopefully um you know they, they're taking the first steps so i'm not completely knocking indiana when it comes to that but i think we're going in the right direction and hopefully I we'll continue so, so. to go that way um but I, I love today. I mean, this went way too fast. I feel like we should just be hanging. We've, we've already gone about 15 minutes over what we usually do. Oh, yeah. And I meant to say that at the beginning. So uh, Justin was the first ever uh, uh, podcast uh, guest here. And uh, we don't have the prodigal son here today. He went on vacation uh, with the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Miskowski today. But uh he's here in spirit i'm sure um and i thank him very much for uh, having the confidence in us to uh in me to do this and and uh our, our staff so it's appreciated we started off rough like for me i'm like i don't want to be on camera i don't want to interview like these people are Likewise. way more in, <laughs> way more important and way more interesting than i'll ever be no. uh, but for him to give me the opportunity to do this is is a pleasure and uh, i'm having a lot of fun with it and if I can educate, you know, 10 people a podcast or one person a podcast, I, I've already won. So um, my goal is to document what's going on in this region. And I think people need to take notice that uh, something, you know, magical is happening here when it comes to the spirit side. And uh, I think a lot of people see that across the country, not just here. I mean, next year when craft beer week hits indiana we're gonna have california come in here and do a little west coast takeover because they realize they know like i want to sell my beer in the midwest because these people know what's going on so we're gonna have modern times come out pizza port uh the brewery all those places and uh we're gonna throw down when it comes into indiana craft beer week and of course we're gonna have you guys i'm gonna call on uh <laughs> the staples of the community to come out and do that but uh to our first podcast guest ever justin thank you so much for coming Cheers. in and gus the the ever elusive um approach him next time you see him <laughs> but uh unless with, i'm working yeah Don't talk to me if yeah. i'm working please you'll know when to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> does it look like i'm working yeah and why are you talking to me but thank you guys for bringing this beer thank you for uh giving us some insider info dropping some knowledge on us and uh just thank you for being passionate and making some of the best beer uh not just in this area but uh, uh around the nation so uh cheers to you guys yeah. prost to you gus cheers <laughs> thank you all very much cheers cheers thank you region uh thank you rizzo insurance for your sponsorship thank you so much and uh, a big congratulations to peter anderson at uh, gels crown point peter's been uh, uh 
a great uh, uh, sponsor for us also. And to see him win, to watch him as one of the most passionate people I've seen in the industry, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. So thank you all. See you around the region. Who in it now?